So, Leah and I were over at the Parsley's house the other day, and uh, I was talking to Cameron. So Cameron says, Brent, the way I eat cereal is like this. He says, I got a bowl, and I fill it all the way to the brim with my cereal. And I fill it all the way to the brim with my milk. So that when I try and walk with my cereal, Brent, it's impossible. The milk goes everywhere. That's how I like to eat my cereal. And... <laughs> And I was thinking about this. Uh, this is the way I eat leftovers a lot of time. I forget that I have to like warm things up and like stir them later on. So I fill the Tupperware container all the way to the top and I microwave it. And then I get it out and I stir it. And it gets everywhere because that's what happens, okay? When you have a container that's full of stuff, things come out. Um, we sing a song sometimes. Uh, ben Stringer has actually led it both times for us uh, called How Can I Keep From Singing? And it's a similar sort of concept, okay? He says, you know, my heart is so full. I am so thankful for all the guys that, how can I hold back all of this praise? So you have a whole bowl, a full bowl, things fall out. If it's overflowing, it's going to go everywhere. It's, it's inevitable. Full bowls lead to things coming out. And in the same way, a full heart leads to an outpouring of praise. And so today, I want to talk about a full bowl of cereal and how we can get more out of worship. Because here's the thing. Turn with me to Psalm 40. This is one of the psalms we read this morning. I'm going to read for you the first three verses. Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. I'll wait. Hold up. (laughs) Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. He says, God put a new song in my mouth. And he's not saying that God used him like some sort of ventriloquist dummy. No, God did something for him and the only proper response is praise. And when we take time in our life to dwell on the good things that God does for us, then it pours out in praise. I think we've all experienced this, especially it, it happens for me uh, in my private worship. When I'm at home, you know, my, my in the closet praying time, uh, that sort of, that's the time when it, it seems most, most organic for the passages of, of the, the word of God and the experiences in my life to come out in the form of prayer, in the form of song. But here in the worship assembly, it can be a little bit odd because you know, the songs are pre-selected for us, the prayers, someone else is praying, and it can seem, uh, it, it's a little bit harder to engage sometimes. Uh, the, we find ourselves you know, waking up in verse three of a song, we've been like on autopilot, or we find ourselves, our, our mind is drifting in the middle of a prayer. And that, it, that happens to me a lot, and it frustrates me, and I want to do something about it. And I tried for a long time to just, like, will myself to do better, and certainly uh, putting effort in is an important thing. But I believe that the key for us to get more out of worship, the key for us to have songs of praise that uh, are more in, empowered with the emotion and the intensity that God deserves from our praise. I think the key to that is having a full bowl of praise already when we come to worship. And so uh, today we're going to talk about two 
sources of cereal, two sources of, of things that go in our bowl so that when we come to worship, it's not like we're trying to, you know, will ourselves or squeeze out every ounce of praise from us. It's, we're already so full of praise that it just, it comes out naturally. So I want to look at two, two ways that we can do that, two ways we can fill our bowl so that when we come here, we're ready to praise God. And the first one is already here in Psalm 40. We read that Effectively, the psalmist was in a really difficult situation, but he waited on the Lord and because he knew that God would rescue him. This is, uh, this is in the past tense. I waited patiently. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction. And so the first way I think we can find to praise God, to fill our bowl, is that we are filled with experience. That as we look back on our life and we, we think about all the things that God has done for us, that how can we keep from praising? That it just, it pours out. In fact, what he will say later on in this psalm, in verse nine, is that I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. He says, when you do something like this for me, I, I gotta tell people it would be wrong for me not to share this. It's, it's so exciting, it's so full within me that it, it just pours out. And when we are here in worship and we have that feeling, when we can look back on the times that God has done something like this for us, where we've been in a difficult situation and God has gotten us out of it, then we know we can rely on him and we can, with more intensity, sing songs like Jesus Saves or Rock of Ages, not the Def Leppard one. Uh, Love lifted me, you are my strength. These songs that are about God helping us, God being a secure hold for us. When we come to worship remembering the things that God has done for us, that it's not just that we're singing these songs because the words are on the screen. We're singing it because it means something to us. We're singing it because we know we've been there. And so uh, I, want you, I want to ask you a question here for a moment. Uh, and that is, when you sing a song like Amazing Grace, uh, with uh, the words like, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. When you sing that, and when like a 10-year-old sings that, does it mean the same thing? Because it shouldn't, because you've got a whole life of experiences, a whole uh, host of understandings of the sins, of the difficulties that God has gotten you out of. You understand even more fully than a child what it means to have been blind, what it means to have been lost. And so when we, when we come to worship and we connect the experiences that we have had with the words that we are singing, and yes, with the words that we're praying, although it's, it's easier to talk about songs because they're already written out for us. Um, when we do that, it's going to give us more power in our praise. We're going to be more energized to praise God. We're going to leave more encouraged. It's going to be easier for us to focus. All of these things that we desire for the praise that we want to give to God come from an understanding of what God has done for us. But uh, we've reasoned now from the past, thinking about things that God has done for us before. But what about the present? Uh, I think this one is even more intuitive. But if you'll turn over to Psalm 6. Psalm 6, we get an example of someone uh, crying out to God in present distress. He says, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. 
Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver me, save me for the sake of your steadfast love. I can go on, it goes on, but you get the understanding that here is a man who is in present distress. He is currently in trouble and he's crying out to God. We sometimes say, and I think that there is a good intention behind this, that when we come to services, we want to uh, put aside the cares and concerns of this world. And I think what we mean by that is that we don't want to be thinking about what we're going to have for lunch. Um, But I, I think that that statement is a little bit misguided. Because if we put away the cares and concerns that we're supposed to be bringing to God, then what are we doing with them? These real issues in our life, people who you know, have financial troubles or um, their parents are sick and they're worried about them. What do we do with those concerns? We don't set them aside when we come to worship. We bring them to God and we cry out to him, you know, Master, the tempest is raging. I need your peace be still. Or Uh, Be still, my soul, because my soul is not still right now. And we need to be able to pray those kinds of things, to sing those kinds of things. And we need to be able to connect the experiences that we're having out in the world with the things that we're praising God for and thanking him for, and yes, petitioning him for in the worship. And so the trick uh, is, as we've been talking to fill our worship with experience, both past and present. But in order to do that, it takes a certain level of mindfulness. So uh, if you're just coasting through life, enjoying the blessings of God, but you're not connecting them with God, then this isn't going to work for you. Uh, You're not going to have a very full bowl because you haven't made the connections. If I can can use this analogy... um, you know those things, uh, they're coming all shapes and sizes, but they're kind of rubbery, and you put them in water, and they get really, really big, and you played with them probably as a kid. Okay, our experiences are like those things, and God is like the water, all right? We all have a whole bowl of experiences, but they're not doing us any good until we connect them with God, and then they grow, and then they cause our bowl to overflow, because once we have connected the things God is doing for us or has done uh, for us with the words that we are praying. And once we connect the experiences we're having in our life with God, then we have something to thank him for. So like I said, you know, if we were coasting along thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having a good life. No, God is blessing you. Or man, you know, I really, I, I made it out of that one. I, that, was, that was a close one. No, God was there to rescue you. I mean, you prayed about that, didn't you? And so... As we are living our life and we see the blessings, we see uh, the times where it was a close one, we see these things in our life, if we are not mindful that God is working in our life, then it's going to be difficult to come here and thank God for all he's done because our list is going to be pretty short because we haven't been paying attention. But if we come into this having considered the things God is doing for us, then our list of things to be thankful for gets longer and longer and longer, and the bowl gets fuller and fuller and fuller of Fruit Loops until they're everywhere, and we're praising God because we're excited to be serving him, excited because of all God has done for us. So that's the first one. But there's a second one. Um, How do we get our bowl full? Well, I'm going to show you. 
uh, we're going to, you fill it with the spirit and with the word. And these things uh, are, of course, related, though not exactly the same. But uh, in Colossians, actually the passage we read this morning uh, in, in Drew's class and Ephesians, we'll see some parallelism. So Colossians 3 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And Ephesians 5 says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you probably notice, as I said, these are kind of parallel. So we see, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, be filled with the Spirit. And when you're full of the Spirit, when the word of God is dwelling in you, well, then it pours out in teaching and admonishing, in addressing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then, further, it pours out in thankfulness to God. And so, what does that look like? How do we make that happen for us? Well... Let's turn to a few passages. Uh, let's turn first to Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, we're going to see uh, this is probably a hymn that they sang uh, in the early times, in the first century, or at least uh, something along those lines that's com- that is uh, preserved for us in Philippians 2. And what we're going to see is that this is a hymn that is proclaiming to other people what God has done for us, uh, who God is, the kind of person that Jesus was. And Paul is going to use it to talk about um, being a servant. But I think it has even greater application than that. In Philippians 2, we'll read verses 4 through 11. It says, Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, having been found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. We have songs like this, where we are telling one another about the God that we serve. Here is a song about Jesus that came down to earth to live as a man, and that's the point that Paul is making about humility, about not seeking his own. But then, after that, God raised him from the dead to be seated at the right hand above all, all the heavenly powers. And as we sing a song like, He's my king, or crown him with many crowns, or uh, the song that we sang uh, just a moment ago about, you know, uh, sing hallelujah to the Lord. He's coming back to claim his own. Like, we sing because we're telling each other. Uh, We're teaching, admonishing by the story of Christ. We're telling each other about this God that we serve and how exciting it is to serve a God who is truly king of kings. And when we have let this message sink in, when we've got the word of Christ dwelling in us 
richly. And when we're living lives that are led by his spirit, well then we've got so much excitement to share that it's going to bubble over, erupt, pour out in praise to God. Let's look at another passage. And this uh, is Ephesians chapter 1. And here we'll move uh, from the teaching to thanksgiving, as, as we noted uh, There's singing, and then it leads to thanksgiving to God. In Ephesians chapter 1, we'll read verses 15 through 21. And I'll note at the beginning of this, Paul is thanking God for something, which is going to be unrelated to the thing that I'm going to say uh, we should be thanking God for. Uh, in, In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which you were called, what are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So here we get uh, a passage very similar to uh, the one that we saw in Philippians that ends in praise for Jesus, being seated at the right hand of God. But before that, Paul is going to talk about some things that we receive in Christ. And that's actually what he's been setting up in the earlier part of Ephesians. He's going to talk about the hope to which we have been called, the glorious inheritance in the saints, the immeasurable greatness of the power that God worked through Jesus to raise him from the dead and seat him above every name. That when we are well-versed in the scriptures, when we know what the word of God tells us about the hope that is waiting for us, when we know about this glorious inheritance, when we know about this power that God is working in Christ and eventually going to be working in us, how can we hold back the praise? When we are steeped in the word of God, it's going to lead to a full bowl, an excitement to share with others what this God that we serve is like. So we sing songs like, Awesome God, and Truly he is. We sing about heaven and the hope that is waiting for us. We channel passages. I'm going to move this. Passages like this. Because we are excited. We can't hold back the things, the glory that we have to to give to God. The the praise. We got a full bowl of cereal on our hands. And that comes from being steeped in God's word. Let's go to to one other passage to Psalm 119. In Psalm 119, this is going to be a little bit different of a take on being steeped in God's word. But I think you'll easily see where I'm going with it. In Psalm 119, we're going to read verses 97 to 104. Psalm 119, verses 97 to through 104 says oh how I love your law 
It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever before me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. What he's saying here is, look, I've lived a life led by God's word. And because of that, I have more understanding than all my teachers. I understand more than the aged. I am wiser than, uh, wiser than somebody. I've, through God's word, because we have grown to understand it, we have seen the benefits, the blessed life that comes from following the word of God, from following the leadership that he gives us. And that's why we say in verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. A life that is lived, full of understanding of God's word, is a life that is directed in a positive direction. And so we sing songs like... Uh, guide me, O thou great Jehovah, because we understand that where God wants to lead us is where we want to go. We sing songs like, teach me thy way or give me the Bible, because the more we get of the Bible, the more we understand it, the better our life is because God is leading us. And the more that we let the word of God lead us, the more we are letting the spirit work in our lives and shape us for positive directions. We've got more to thank God for. We have more excitement for his good things. All of these things turn on one another, and we create this wonderful overflowing bowl of cereal where we are excited to praise God. We can't hold it back. It's very similar to uh, a children's song that we often sing. Just the more we read the Bible, the happier we'll be. And that's the truth. The more we read the Bible, the more we let God's word shape and direct us, the more joy we have in our life, the more we have to thank God for. And so, here we have two things, two simple things, experiences, connecting them, the things we've gone through in our lives, the things that we are presently experiencing, connecting those to God, and saying, God, you've gotten me out of this jam in the past, I know you can do it now. Saying, God, I've been in trouble, I have seen your powerful salvation, saying, God, I've lived a rich life. I have drunk from the depths of your rivers. I know what that's like. And we have so much to praise God for when we can remember those things and connect them to the songs that we're singing. And then with God's spirit and God's word, the more we understand God's word, the more we have to share it with others. I mean, when you learn the story of Jesus and you see the way it can affect our lives and the way it can affect so many other people. Like, how do you hold that back? When you see the good things that are waiting for us, we got to tell people about it because they're missing out if they don't know. And we who are already here, we do know, but we want to tell each other over and over again because how exciting is it that we're going to be in heaven with God, that we have an inheritance waiting for us? How exciting is that? And we learn about that by reading God's word. And when we're filled with his spirit directing us, we know how sweet it is that his way guides us. And so 
It's been a short sermon, but I hope that you'll take this with you. And we're about to sing an invitation song, uh, which is a great time to apply this lesson that we just learned. It's going to be There's a Fountain Free, and this song is pretty cool. Um, it draws inspiration from a bunch of Bible passages. I mean, John 7, Revelation 22, uh, Zechariah 14. Like, I could go on. There are a lot of them. Uh, the water from the rock passage in Numbers uh, and in Exodus, like, a ton of passages. But I don't, I'm not going to exegete this song for you. What I'm going to tell you is this. It's a simple message. Isaiah 55. Um, simple message. That God has something free and good that he wants to give to us. And if you've read about the, that in God's word, then you know how good it is. And you, you gotta, we got to tell each other. And if we've lived that, I mean, if we've experienced that, drunk from the free water that God gives, if we've experienced the vanity of life, paying money for what is not bread, if we have experienced life without God, then we understand how good it is to serve God. And so I ask that here in a moment, as we sing this song, that you sing it like you mean it. Sing it like someone who knows what we're talking about, who is drunk from the rivers. And if we can do anything to help at this time, please come forward as we stand and sing. <laughs>